Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology today. We're so thankful you're here with us. I'm so glad to be your host. We're going to be looking at the 12 tables. The law of the 12 tables are the 12 tables of Roman law that came into being about 449 B.C. We're going to see how does it maybe compare to the Ten Commandments or the Sermon on the Mount or even the Epistles found in the New Testament. So let's dive in. Again, thank you for being here. Why don't you share with a friend, family member, love for everybody to know we're here. So God bless. Let's dive in. So displayed in the forum, the 12 tables stated the rights and duties of the Roman citizen. Their formulation was a result of considerable agitation by the plebeian class. We still use the term plebs today who had hitherto been excluded from the higher benefits of the Republic. The law had previously been unwritten and exclusively interpreted by upper-class priests, the, kind of sounds like the Pope, the pontifices, something of the regard of which later Romans came to view the Twelve Tables is captured in the remark by Cicero, who lived from 106 to 43 B.C., that the Twelve Tables is captured, seems to me, this is what he said, Twelve Tables seem to me, Assuredly to surpass the libraries of all the philosophers, both in weight and of authority and in plenitude of utility. Cicero scarcely exaggerated the twelve tables formed the basis of Roman law for a thousand years till the Justinian Code, really. And then you go into, you know, Paul the Roman citizen, like William Ramsey's very famous book, Paul the Roman citizen. And so he constantly appealed to this law. Hey, I can appeal to Caesar. So a good part of the New Testament, the book of Acts and then the prison epistles, and then in Timothy, it's about his appeal to Caesar and what happened in his beatings in the book of Acts. Hey, can you beat Roman citizens? You know, in Philippi, they're all scared. Then he's fixing to get beat again in Jerusalem. He says, hey, can you do this to a Roman citizen? So it has a lot of play in the New Testament. So let's just jump into how this came to being and what's on the 12 tables. We really just don't have time to jump into each of the 12 tables themselves because they would be such a deep dive. But we're going to give us a basis today of what they contained. Also, I did want to mention, these didn't come into being really in 450, 449 B.C., but they're an enumeration of older laws. So in 450 B.C., the second decimivri started to work on the last two tables. The first decimivrit completed the first ten codes in 450 B.C. Livy, that great historian, says this, every citizen should quietly consider each point and then talk it over with his friends and finally bring forward for public discussion any additions or subtraction which seem desirable. Isn't that an amazing way to do laws? Not, you know, boy, just getting together and saying, how does this sound? And so they brought in two more codes and then the 12 tables were inscribed on bronze Someone else said they were inscribed on ivory and posted publicly so all Romans could read and know them. Now, here on Wikipedia, I'm going to read you a couple paragraphs and then what are on the 12 tables. The laws of the 12 tables covered were a way of publicly display rights that each citizen had in public and private sphere. Sounds like the Bill of Rights. 
these 10, excuse me, these 12 tables displayed what was previously understood in Roman society as the unwritten laws. Always good to have it written, though. Magna Carta. I think some folks in Australia are finding that out. Need it written. The public display of the copper tablets allowed for a more balanced society between the Roman patricians who were educated and understood the laws of, of legal transactions and the Roman plebeians who had little education or experience in understanding law. By revealing the unwritten rules of society to the public, the Twelve Tables provided a means of safeguard for plebeians, allowing them the opportunity to avoid financial exploitation and added balance to the Roman economy. Isn't that true? You don't want a slave economy. Some of the provisions are procedural to ensure fairness among all Romans in the courts, while others establish legal terms dictating the legality of capital crimes, intentional homicide, treason, perjury, judicial corruption, and writing slanderous poems. The Romans valued keeping peace in the city, and the Twelve Tables were a mechanism of establishing and continuing peace and equality. So let's look at what was on Table 1, Procedure for Courts and Trials. Table 2, more on trials. So you can see the importance they placed on the legal system. Table three, the execution of judgment. Table four, rights of familial heads. Table five, legal guardianship and inheritance laws. Table six, acquisition and possession. Table seven, land rights and crimes. Table eight, torts and delicts, laws of injury. Table nine, public law. Table 10, sacred law. And of course, the last two tables were supplements, one and two. Pretty fascinating. So it does seem like there is the law on our heart that we have that imprint of the image of God for organization, for justice that is within us, conscience. Unfortunately, with our sinful nature, it's misguided so often. So God bless you. We want to say thank you for listening. Please join us every day. Continue to pray for the ministry. If you'd like to give, please subscribe as well. But if you'd like to give, appreciate it very much. Um, newlifeofalbany.com is where you go to give. Or you can go to tithe.ly and leave an offering there under New Life of Albany, Georgia. So God bless. We love you. Please join us every day. Leave us a five-star review. Talk with you later. Bye-bye.